It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I just think it's an enticement. It's not rocket science. It can be done. I truly believe it can. It's wanton destruction. It's also illegal. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Friday, 2nd of July. Another morning on which we must remind ourselves, as we've had to remind ourselves many, many times in the past, in the past 15 or 16 months anyway, you cannot take your eye off this damn thing for a second. The minute you think you've got it beaten, it's got another trick up its sleeve. I'm talking, of course, of damn COVID-19. The fourth wave is coming. Now, it's likely to be a different wave. And there are ways that we can avoid it being anything like as serious as we were in January. Or anything like as serious as we were last March, April or May. Or anything like as serious as we were in September, October. But kid you not, it's going to be serious. This morning, the Minister for Health has made a fairly significant announcement on vaccination for young people. I'll get to that in just a minute. A very significant announcement, in fact. From Monday, anyone over the age of 18 can go to a pharmacy and get a Johnson & Johnson. And from the following Monday, anybody over 18 can register on the portal for an AstraZeneca vaccine. And also, he claims that everybody waiting for a second AstraZeneca will get it in the next week to 10 days because we know now and it was there in the news the experts are telling us when the alpha variant that was the one that came out in January we call it the British variant or the Kent variant one dose of vaccine has been safe enough up to now to keep you very well protected problem with Delta is you need to have full vaccination if you're fully vaccinated you've little or nothing to worry about with regard to Delta. And I know that's a generalized statement. People have caught COVID Delta, shall we call it, after two vaccinations. But for the vast majority of us, 
being doubly vaccinated and the waiting time, you've little or nothing to worry about. You're relatively safe. Now, that's very, very important for people to get into their heads because there's a lot of scary stuff out there that even if you're double vaccinated, this thing will flatten you. That's highly unlikely. The statistics are not there. It's highly unlikely to flatten you. However, you can still get sick. You can still get sick with just the one. And of course, if you have no vaccination, you're in trouble. And this thing is spreading like wildfire. Uh, yesterday evening, yeah, Neffet gave a briefing. Dr. Philip Nolan went through the maths. He went through the models. He went through the graphs. And he laid it out fairly straight. We have to be concerned at this point that we are at the beginning of an increase in incidence uh, driven by the Delta variant that presents significant dangers uh, to the unvaccinated population and to the partially vaccinated population. Uh, so it's, it's necessary to reiterate the advice uh, that we have to limit transmission as vaccination proceeds. Yes, outdoors is lower risk, but in the outdoors we still need to take the basic precautions around distance, face coverings, hand hygiene and ventilation. And uh, to keep our contacts and, and then particular contacts between unvaccinated people and unvaccinated and partially vaccinated people uh, low. Okay, so that's pretty much Dr. Nolan's modelling for the next couple of weeks and months. Now, as regards the double vaccination, only 43% of people in their 60s are now fully vaccinated. 43% of people in their 60s, that's very low. 78% of those in their 50s are double vaccinated. Now, that's a glitch in the system. The 60s are more vulnerable than the 50s, and yet 78% of those in their 50s are fully vaccinated, and only 43% of those in their 60s. These are new figures that have emerged from HSE. I'll get to what Stephen Donnelly is doing in a minute, but um, Dr. Tony Holohan laid it out again bluntly last evening at the Neffet briefing. And this idea that we are outliers in Europe and that we are running in under the bed scared, he wanted to blow the myth on that. And I think he has blown the myth on that because Dr. Holohan laid it out straight for us between the eyes last evening. We're not going to stop this happening. Uh, This variant has sufficient in the way of fitness, as it were, uh, to become the dominant strain uh, across Europe. And that's what's going to happen. It was a question really of when rather than if. Uh, and that we would try to slow it down as much as possible where we give as much protection as possible to get people vaccinated. Uh, and the evidence is that we, we think we have slowed this down somewhat. We'd like to have slowed it down further. We've obviously st- uh, kept a close eye on the changing situation and it remained reasonably stable for a period of time, but about a couple of weeks back it began to move. We were estimating the total portion of transmission due to the Delta variant in this country is less than 10%. That increased, and in the most recent week... It increased from less than 30%, about 27 28%, up to 55% in the course of a week. Uh, and we could see that this was changing very, very quickly and putting us in a situation where we believe now we're poised for uh, a very much dominant transmission. Uh, and as we've always done in the course of this pandemic, when we believe the evidence is there to support us changing policy and giving advice in relation to what that needs to be, we take that action uh, swiftly and we think proportionately to the concern that we have. Uh, you won't see, uh, uh, let's say, high levels of transmission when you look across Europe uh, based on, 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 on what the experience of Europe is now. That will not be the situation in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and we think that's going to be the case here. We're going to experience very significant transmission. You'll see what's happening in Scotland. They're a number of weeks ahead of us. 
England similarly so, Northern Ireland similarly so, Northern Ireland probably two or three weeks ahead of us in terms of their transmission. All of that kind of says to us that in broad terms we're not going to stop this, as I said, but the measures that we've taken up to now have had an effect in slowing down that transmission uh, and that provided the basis of the assessments uh, and the modelling that, uh, that Professor Nolan has outlined for you. Now, as we all will know, and you wouldn't like to admit it, some people don't want to admit this, some people dismiss it, uh, but very rarely when Dr. Houlihan makes predictions like that, very rarely has he been wrong over the last 15 to 16 months. So we're in for it. We hope to make it as, to get through it as best we can, is what he's saying. Those of us fully vaccinated have little or nothing to worry about, thanks be to goodness. But there are too many people still not vaccinated. The most worrying cohort not vaccinated are those who got their first AstraZeneca and are still waiting to be called for their second. And over the last couple of days, every time I've mentioned this on the opinion line, we have had text after call after text after call of people stuck in that particular limbo or who have a parent or an auntie or an uncle or a granny stuck in that particular limbo who got one dose, but there is no sign of their second one. They haven't been called. On RTE's Morning Ireland this morning, the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly uh, gave quite a lengthy interview to Anya Lawler about certain aspects of the vaccination programme and indeed where we go from here. And she put it to him about that particular cohort. When are they going to get sorted? We are accelerating the end of dose two for AstraZeneca for 60 to 69, but also for all of the other cohorts who've had their first dose of AstraZeneca. In about the next 10 or 11 days, everyone who has had their first dose of AstraZeneca, if they haven't already have had it, will, will have their second dose of AstraZeneca. So approximately 12th of July, you hope, them have to, uh, hope to have them all done. The, the original target was the 19th. That's right. It? Yeah, we're, mo- we're, we're, we're moving it forward. And again, we can do this because the NIAC advice has changed. So hundreds of thousands of people who were left out should be sorted out in the next 10 to 12 days. That will be watched very closely because if he gets that wrong, his next announcement will leave those who are less likely to get sick better protected than those who are more likely to get sick. Now, the plan he announced this morning is a very good plan, but he's got to get the other part right. Here's what he's just announced this morning. We're opening up an AstraZeneca and Janssen option if people want to get vaccinated earlier for the entire 18 to 34-year-old group. So here's how it'll work. Next Monday, uh, pharmacies will begin administering Janssen to people aged 18 to 34 who have contacted their pharmacy, registered with their pharmacy and said, I'd like to be vaccinated. I appreciate that I will be getting an mRNA vaccine in the future, but I want to get vaccinated earlier. And so as of Monday... Uh, pharmacies, about 750 pharmacies around the country uh, will begin vaccinating people 18 to 34 uh, with Janssen. And then from the following Monday, which is Monday the 12th, there'll be an online option as well. So when you when you go to the online portal, you'll now be able to say, yes, I'm 18 to 34. Uh, you know, I appreciate I will be getting a, a, an mRNA vaccine in the future, but actually what I want to do is opt mainly for an AstraZeneca vaccine through the vaccine centres. There will be some Janssen as well, but, but mainly AstraZeneca through the vaccine centres. Okay, so you've got young people to be getting sorted from Monday at pharmacies and at the vaccination centres and that other plan that everyone waiting on a second AstraZeneca will be called and will be jabbed by the 12th of July. 
Here's hoping that he can do it. Let's uh, talk to uh, Dr. John Sheehan, Councillor Dr. John Sheehan. John, good morning. Morning, TJ. First of all, this fourth wave, it looks very worrying, but we can mitigate it. We can avoid it turning into another January. Absolutely, we can. And I think there's a couple of things in our favour, PJ. First of all, we're... Our, our vaccinations, as you've outlined, were in a, just a different space compared to January in terms of vaccinating our elderly people, and that is coming down in terms of the age groups that were vaccinated. John, could you get a tiny bit closer to that phone, maybe? Yeah. Can you hear me? That's great, thanks. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're doing much better in terms of our vaccinations, and really the elderly, who are the most vulnerable group by far, you know, most of them have been vaccinated, and that has made a huge, huge difference. So although the, you know, there's huge concern about the fourth wave and we're seeing the numbers go up in Scotland and many other countries, at least, thankfully, it's not in elderly people who are by far the most vulnerable. It's in younger, healthier people who are much more resilient to this. So we're not seeing the hospitalizations and the ICUs go up the same way it did in January in other countries. So fingers crossed for that. I think the announcement this morning, PJ, is really welcome because I think the AstraZeneca, the people who got the AstraZeneca, in a way, they felt a small bit short change in that people who got the Pfizer after them, they were all covered. And then mm. the AstraZeneca people were still waiting. And I think that was really, really hard for people. Mm. And also then I think for younger people, because younger people, in terms of their lives, in terms of their, what they've sacrificed, they have been outstanding. And I think it's just great to see that that's been rolled out. And also it gives people a bit of a choice. So some people might say, oh, no, I want to hang on. I want to wait for the, you know, for the Pfizer or the Moderna. Or other people say, listen, I just want to get it done because I just want to get out of my life. So I think it gives people a bit of a choice, too. And I think that's yeah. really welcome. That Those figures that have come out this morning, though, with regard to the AstraZeneca, they're, they're concerning, aren't they? That in their 50s, I, I, the 78% of those in their 50s fully vaccinated, but those in their 60s, only 43% done. A bit of catching up to be done and urgently. And very urgently, you're absolutely right, because this was the group after the over 70s that were done next, and they're still not fully vaccinated, and now we're down to the 30s and the 40s, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the Pfizer vaccine. Was, was so that a failure of the system, John? I think they had to operate in what they had at the time, and then, of course, as supplies went up, for the Pfizer, they, you know, they, you know, that that passed them out. So at the time when they were making the decision, that's what they had available. So they went with it. But now, of course, we're in a different, you know, sphere in terms of availability of vaccines. But I think the announcement that they're all going to be done in the next couple of weeks, I think that's really important because with the fourth wave, this is the group that are going to be most vulnerable. Now, Dr. Houlihan's job, and I, I don't know, I've never asked you this before, John. Do you know Tony Houlihan? I don't know. He actually graduated as a GP uh, tra- uh, the same year as I do. And I remember going up to the exams with him and meeting him at the exams. That was in 1995. He obviously took a very different path. So that was my only encounter with him. I don't know him. I just know. Okay. Um, okay. When he puts on that serious face and, and he makes those very serious predictions, we have learned to ignore him at our peril. Am I right? We have, and I suppose the NEFID Act do act as uh, out of an abundance of caution. Um, that can be frustrating because they're telling us we can't do this, we can't do that, and you know we're all itching to get our, our, our lives back. But you know you can see the reaction and the sense of disappointment, uh, you know, when these announcements happened earlier in the week. But then you see the the, the Delta wave start taking off across Europe, and you suddenly realise this is why 
you know, they were making the calls uh, that, that they were. Obviously, PJ, communication and maybe flagging things up a bit sooner because, you know, people don't like to be surprised and don't like to be shocked. And, you know, if they, if they understand why these decisions are being made, I think that makes a big difference in terms of public buy-in. Um, but they look at the data and they look at what's coming down the track mm. and um, they have to react to it and mm. you know we they're, saw the consequences of you know how quickly this thing can take off. Their job is not to tell us what we want to hear uh, some people need no. to understand that. John thank you very much that's uh, Councillor Dr John Sheehan but we do have that big hole in the programme and those figures that I've just got this morning, thank you Fergal Um, 75% of those in their 50s are fully vaccinated, but only 43% of those in their 60s. Cahal says the reason the over 60s is so low is because we got the AstraZeneca. And then there's a long interval. People in their 50s got Johnson & Johnson or got Pfizer. That's where the rate is so high. Thankfully, I just got my appointment for Monday by text, but there's then still a few weeks before it kicks in. Uh, Caller says, my poor husband is waiting ages for AstraZeneca. I'm done already with Pfizer. Uh, He is immunocompromised. I have no particular issue. It's so unfair. He's now afraid to go outside the door. With regard to the Johnson & Johnson being the one jab in the 50s, yeah, they gave that to a lot of people in, in their 50s. And it helped bring up the full vaccination rate in the over 50s. Plus, they started to give out Johnson & Johnson in pharmacies in the last couple of weeks to the over 50s. And that's what helped them get so close to full vaccination, 70-odd percent. They reckon 82% of the population is enough. So, 82, if you know, they're only 70, they're saying what? 78% of the over 50s are now done. Only 43% of the over 60s. Remind ourselves once more for a go to a break. What? Stephen Donnelly has been saying this morning with regard to those waiting on a second dose. And there are thousands of them, probably definitely tens of thousands, possibly a hundred thousand or more people who got a first AstraZeneca jab and are still waiting on a second one. And here is what he has been saying this morning on Morning Ireland RTE. We are accelerating the end of dose two for AstraZeneca for 60 to 69, but also for all of the other cohorts who've had their first dose of AstraZeneca. In about the next 10 or 11 days, everyone who has had their first dose of AstraZeneca, if they haven't already had it, will will have their second dose of AstraZeneca. So approximately 12th of July, you hope to have have them all done. The the original target was the 19th. That's right. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're moving it forward. And again, we can do this because the NIAC advice has changed. So we're going to monitor that here uh, very closely on the opinion line. What the Minister for Health has just said there, speaking to Anya Lawler, he has said that anybody waiting on a second dose of AstraZeneca will be called for it before the 12th of July. He's even indicating they may well get that that jab before the 12th of July. 1850-715-996. I will come back to this because it's, look, it's, it's scary. It is scary. But as Dr. John Sheehan, who in fairness, he's one of many people who have never put us wrong. Since we first spoke to John when he was Lord Mayor of Cork at the start of all this, John has never put us wrong in his advice. And what he has said to us this morning is, look, this is bad, but we can avoid another January. And what I mean by another January is we can avoid 
two and a half, around 3,000 people in hospital, nearly 3,000 people. We can avoid our A&E, our EDs, our, sorry, our ICUs being overwhelmed. We can avoid that. We can avoid the cascade of death. We can avoid those things if we just get the vaccination program in tandem. And it looks like, it looks like the finger has been pulled out this morning and that we're going to start going like the clappers over the next couple of weeks to get ahead. Because if you look at the modelling uh, from Philip Nolan and Neffet, the real danger is in mid-August. The real danger is in mid-August. So if we get as many people as we can vaccinated in July, then we can mitigate it even worse. 1850-715-996. Oh yeah, with regard to the uh, PPS number, because you need to give in your PPS or your PPSN, you need to give them that for your vaccination. And the Department of Social Protection is warning that this, these scam calls are continuing. And part of the scam is to ask for your PPS. It's a scam. The Department of Social Protection will never text or phone you looking for your, looking for your PPSN. They have the damn thing. They have it. <laughs> That's what it's for. But look, people are getting caught every day. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Each week we bring you the latest news from our vibrant and creative communities all around Cork. Whether it's tips for the best live gigs online, new initiatives from Cork's writers and musicians, join Elmery Mall and Connor Tallon as we work to support and keep the arts alive in Cork. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On Quartz 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. I'm going to play this audio again because Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, has given himself a deadline. He's given himself a deadline and if he can't deliver on this then he's in trouble. You'd, one thing they tell you in, in politics is never make a promise that you might once have to, one day have to keep. Now, we know how often that happens. But he's made a promise this morning that he's going to have to keep. And he'll be strung up by you-know-what if he doesn't. Here's the promise he's made this morning. We are accelerating the end of dose two for AstraZeneca for 60 to 69, but also for all of the other cohorts who've had their first dose of AstraZeneca. In about the next 10 or 11 days, everyone who has had their first dose of AstraZeneca, if they haven't already had it, will will have their second dose of AstraZeneca. So approximately 12th of July, you hope to to have them all done. The the original target was the 19th. That's right. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're moving it forward. And again, we can do this because the NIAC advice has changed. Okay, so the 12th of July, which is Monday week. Now, that was Anya Lawler's suggestion. He didn't give it. He didn't set it in stone. But he said the next 10 to 11 days. Today is the 2nd of July. So 10 days is the 12th of July. 11 days is the 13th of July. I'd be inclined to give him until Bastille Day, the 14th of July. But he has to deliver. 
in the next week to 10 days. 1850-715-996. Let's, I mentioned how Dr. John Sheehan in the last 15, 16 months has always given us sound advice. Not always advice we wanted to hear, but advice we needed to hear. And that's always been our policy on the opinion line since day one of this pandemic. We never told people what they want to hear. We always try to tell them what they need to hear. And we'd like to think that for the most part, we've been right. Here's someone else who's been on with us many, many times uh, about about the pandemic. And she's also a member. And this is, you were tweeting again last night about it, Neve, with the possibility of the Delta wave. The 80% of female healthcare workers are the people to, to worry about again. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. How are you? How are you? Long time no chat. It is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah. You're part of the COVID Women's Voices group who we first spoke about several months back. Remind us again who those people are. So we're sort of an eclectic group, really, of women who uh, were from medical backgrounds, nursing backgrounds, uh, minority backgrounds, um, social care backgrounds, things like that. So uh, a very broad swathe of women across all sectors of Irish community. And uh, back in February, we wrote an open letter, um, which was kindly published by the examiner. And we, I suppose we made three requests for particular measures, okay? And actually looking back on them now, you kind of think, oh no, <laughs> like, like really, we haven't made much progress. So I suppose the first thing was the recognition of the importance of public health and uh, talking about improved IT systems. And guess what? The cyber attack has put the complete kibosh on that. Yeah. Um, supervision enforcement and practical support um, for people who needed to be quarantined. Now, to be fair, mandatory hotel quarantine did come in, but, you know, Delta has still managed to sort of wiggle its way into the community. And then special support for those in crowded accommodation, so including, you know, the travelling community and people in direct provision. And then the, the final thing that has come through from, I suppose, healthcare workers, majority female, but not obviously not all female, this applies to all healthcare workers, is the, you know, that there is a lot of fatigue out there. And we had said at that time that we can't do a fourth wave and you can't do it without us. And uh, to that end, we appeared in front of the Women's Caucus in Doyle Erin to sort of say, look, women need, women who are frontline, and that's not just healthcare workers, that's, you know, people working on the frontline across communities. So people working in, uh, you know, retail, all of that kind of stuff. We need support when it comes to childcare, especially if the schools close again, because um, there are many, many women out there uh, across all sectors of society who are frontline workers who actually got into significant debt the last time around so that they could continue to go to work because they needed people to look after their children and their usual support structures weren't there anymore. Would you be concerned, and given the amount of mitigation we're going to do to try and avoid this fourth wave or, you know, lessen the effect of it. Would you be concerned at this stage, Neve, about the schools in, in, in the autumn? Yeah, so, you know, I, like, I, I'd actually tried to sort of, um, sort of be optimistic. And, you know, it's really important that we are optimistic um, because the vaccine programme has, you know, has it certainly exceeded my expectations. And I know there's a very vulnerable cohort, the 60 to 69 group at the moment, but... They are working down through the age groups and they are doing well. We have to, you know, give credit where credit is due. But I'm looking to September. It's it's sort of, I imagine the Delta wave will have probably peaked and hopefully will be in decline by then. Mm. But 
there is a genuine risk that the schools will not reopen in September. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a concern for all of us on the front line because then we're looking at our children who have been through so much mm. in this past 18 is, months. Is that a medical opinion, Niamh, as a paediatrician? I'm just looking at the modelling. Mm. So I'm just, I'm looking at, you know, they're looking at, you know, how it's going to take off potentially uh, in the next three or four weeks peak. And then as we saw with the sort of the January peak, you know, it will peak for several weeks and then start to come down. I suppose my concern is, will it have come down enough for children to return safely to the classroom? But then in tandem with that, the vaccination is rolling out really quickly. So it's very, it's very hard. It's not like the last couple of times, PJ, you know, it's, like there's too many variables now uh, to say with any certainty what's going to happen, but it's a big concern of mine that the schools won't be able to to reopen in September, and that has that has implications for healthcare workers or all all frontline workers in terms of childcare, mm. and it has massive implications for children as well. Now, um, since the start, we've kind of gotten or been told that look for for children this isn't a serious problem. As a paediatrician, is that true? I wish I could say that it was totally true, but I have seen serious complications in children with COVID-19. Um, I've seen serious physical complications, so I've, you know, it's the worst thing is to to see it, send a child off in an ambulance to Crumlin or Temple Street. It's the worst feeling because you know that there's nothing more you could do here locally and that they're sick and they have to go. And, you know, I've, I've had to do that. Um, and, you know, all over the country, in, so children get this delayed reaction about between 8 and 12 weeks after they have COVID. It's a thing called PIMS-TS, which is a sort of an inflammatory condition where they become very sick and it can have an effect on their heart and their lungs and their digestive system. And they need very specialised treatment. And um, at the time when I was sending my patients to Dublin, um, people from all over the country, other paediatricians were also sending their patients to Dublin because there's no ICU service services anywhere except for Dublin. So, you know, I have seen the significant sort of physical um, effects that COVID-19 can have on children. Now, it's a very, very small number. Mm. And compared to a normal winter season where we have RSV, which is the bronchiolitis virus circulating, we're sending children uh, to, to Crumlin and Temple Street with those conditions far more frequently than I ever had to send a child with COVID. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's a bit of a payoff. But the other thing that I've seen um, is children who had COVID around Christmas time in January and they're still unwell. So I am seeing long COVID in children. And then, much of it? Uh, I, I don't want to go too much into detail because it's rare enough I don't okay. want to identify okay. people but okay. I'm seeing a significant number. Okay. Um, and then finally the psychological effect that COVID has had on children. So I've had a couple of um, sad cases um, over the last few months where, you know, a child will come in and I will have known them a long time and they're definitely more withdrawn and it will transpire that they've lost a grandparent or potentially two grandparents and the whole family was sick over Christmas with COVID, you know, and they're just, they're battle-weary, PJ, you know. And um, so it's having physical... uh, um, short-term severe effects, physical long-term significant effects and significant psych- psychological effects on them as well. Do you think, I, I, as a paediatrician, I'm, I'm sure you know, is is there research active as to reg- whether we start vaccinating children? So, to my knowledge, they are currently only trialling um, vaccination in the 12 to 16 age group. Um, 
so that there are I understand there are trials ongoing in various countries not in Ireland um, so it hasn't been sort of given the full seal of approval yet and what the World Health Organization is saying is that really the priority should be to vaccinate is to take a more global approach and vaccinate vulnerable in all countries as opposed to the wealthier countries vaccinating their very young you know and I can understand that but I suppose for me standing at the sidelines looking at you know my patients some of them who are very very vulnerable I mean this must be like listening to going through this again for parents who have children with chronic illness yes. must be so stressful that's you know? that's the, the thing I was hoping we'd get to before the end like children who are struggling with a chronic illness anyway yeah this 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 could be a very serious problem for them it could. Now, I, ho- I hope it wouldn't be. And I have had patients who have very complex medical conditions who've had COVID and who have been absolutely fine, you know. Mm. Um, so it's not a guarantee, but I suppose any parent is always going to go to the worst case scenario. Of course they are. You know, and, and that, you know, they're dealing with the stress of having a sick child. And, you know, that's not a nice place to be in this country because our services for children are not really where they should be to start with. Yes. Um, so these parents are living stressful lives as it, as it is. And then to have to deal with that anxiety on top of it, um, you know, is it must be a huge burden for them, really. All right. Listen, good to speak with you again, Neve, And uh, we hope that this fourth wave can be mitigated as much as possible. Dr. Neve Lynch, consultant paediatrician at the Bonds. And again, someone who's been a frequent contributor uh, to the opinion line over the last 12 to 15 months. Children is one thing. Old people are others. I, I, I know there. I was watching as I'm sure many of you were, the primetime programme last night, particularly as it focused on Ballyno and the tragedy at the Ballyno nursing home. And that will play out as it plays out. Um, well done to the primetime team for getting it to a point where they can broadcast it because the legal difficulties in trying to process anything to do with those cases, those tragedies, has been a nightmare. We had insight. We were speaking to people when it was happening. And we interviewed them and we screened them and we spoke to them. But legally, it was just not possible to do it. And Primetime have spent months legaling their way through it to provide something that they could broadcast last night. And our hearts go out to anybody affected by the tragedy in Ballyno and indeed in any other nursing home around the country. It's a story we'll follow with interest. Uh, It wasn't new to us last night. Sometimes you just, in a small team, you don't have the resources to to do the legal legwork required. Um, But well done to Primetime for doing that. Let us look at the pharmacy's plan that Stephen Donnelly has announced this morning and let's talk to a pharmacist Next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Let me show you what it's all about. Shake it out. 
Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. In the afternoon when you're at work or in the car and you're just wishing that you could get home and watch Love Island, I'll be on your radio bringing you the best tunes, the odd celebrity guest passing through. The album probably has 16 songs on it and I've maybe made like 250, of which probably 175 are complete dog shit. Ed, you can't say that. I'm also giving you the chance to win amazing prizes. Hey! <laughs> now back to work. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. on Corks 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833969696. On Corks 96 FM. We're opening up an AstraZeneca and Janssen option if people want to get vaccinated earlier for the entire 18 to 34 year old group. So here's how it'll work. Next Monday, uh, pharmacies will begin administering Janssen to people aged 18 to 34 who have contacted their pharmacy, registered with their pharmacy and said, I'd like to be vaccinated. I appreciate that I will be getting an mRNA vaccine in the future, but I want to get vaccinated earlier. And so as of Monday, Uh, pharmacies, about 750 pharmacies around the country uh, will begin vaccinating people 18 to 34 uh, with Janssen. And then from the following Monday, which is Monday the 12th, there will be an online option as well. So when you you go to the online portal, you'll now be able to say, yes, I'm 18 to 34. Uh, You know, I appreciate I will be getting an mRNA vaccine in the future, but actually what I want to do is opt mainly for an AstraZeneca vaccine through the vaccine centres. There will be some Janssen as well, but, but mainly AstraZeneca AstraZeneca through the vaccine centres. That's the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, speaking this morning on RT's Morning Ireland. Pat Dalton is at Dalton's Pharmacy in North Main Street, has been doing the over 50s vaccinations with Johnson & Johnson for the last couple of weeks. Ready to go with the uh, over 18s. Pat, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, we're, we're delighted to hear the news uh, this morning that we will be allowed to vaccinate the over 18s. Um, it was disheartening to be having to turn down so many people in that age cohort for the last few weeks uh, because we were told that we could only vaccinate the over 50s. Um, so, were yes, people coming uh, in asking? Absolutely, absolutely. Like there was a, a small few scenarios where we, we, we the, like the demand for over 50s wasn't massive if we had a, 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 a bunch of people in but after about, about 10 days we were struggling to find people over 50 because these people had been called already for a vaccine and hadn't availed of it for whatever reason. So then we had quite a number of young people who were planning their summer, you know, wanting to go places, worried about their, you know, passing the virus on to their parents, their grandparents, really just wanted to get vaccinated, knew the knew the risks, the very small risks, minute risks with the Janssen vaccine, but still wanted to proceed. So I'm, we, we are delighted that we will be able to proceed with that now. Have uh, you stock and is there a source of more stock? Well, I'm glad you asked that. No is the answer. At the moment, I do not have the stock. So we are hoping we will get delivery of the stock next week, but that's obviously down to the HSE. Uh, we really pleaded our case with them because um, so, we we got a, 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 a you know we've used up all our delivery. We, we didn't luckily we didn't waste one vaccine from our delivery, mm. and we'd like to continue in that vein. But anybody can register with us on our website, um, daltonspharmacy.ie. We assure anybody that registers uh, they won't be left out. Uh, we're going to go through them uh, uh, periodically, and, and it will be in order. Of registration, um, yeah. But at the moment, no. You said no that stock. you're onto the HSE for stock. Is the yes. supply chain solid, Pat? Is it solid? Um, good question. Um, 
I mean, we got an, every pharmacy got a, an initial delivery of 50 Janssen vaccines. It was nice and simple. Um, and the, far, we, the minute we had used that up, we informed the HSE immediately that we had no stock and, and that we'd like some more. And we were told that we would have to wait a little while. There's a, a rollout of Pfizer vaccines to pharmacies in kind of remote areas. And they're focused, they seem to be focusing on getting over the line right. before they move on to sending more Janssen vaccines. Obviously, we'd like them Monday morning if we can get them. But um, Like how sure many that. could you... First of all, storage is fairly standard. You can keep it in a regular fridge, correct? Storage is not a problem. It's okay. not a problem. They're, so they're you can you can give out as many as you can get, effectively. Absolutely. If I got a, an order of a, of, of a thousand vaccines, I'm sure I'd had them gone with, within a couple of weeks because there's a, now that the age parts have been opened, the demand is there. Um, so yes, we, we we would be very confident that we can move them on very quickly. Okay, okay, but at the moment, and do you think that your fellow pharmacists around the city would be in the same position, that you don't have stock? I would imagine the majority of them are in the same position, that the majority of them now have used up their initial delivery of 50 vaccines each. 50 vaccines is, is not a, obviously not a massive amount of vaccines, but we were, some pharmacies were struggling to find people over 50 that wanted the Janssen vaccine. So there might be, you know, a, a bit of stock here and there in some pharmacies, I'm not sure. But ourselves, anyway, we had them gone uh, by Tuesday last Tuesday of this week. That was our last clinic with, with that initial order. Okay. Um, so we're rearing to go next week if if we can get supplies. Um, but as of yes, we we have no work on that. Okay. All right. Listen, Pat. Thank you very much, and good luck with it, Pat Dalton from Dalton's Pharmacy in North Main Street, ready to go from Monday, except he doesn't have any vaccines in stock. What might be worth doing there, Fergal, would you pick up the phone to maybe Conor Phelan or some other one of the pharmacists around town? Let's find out what the stock is like. Or if any pharmacists who are in this programme are listening to us right now, let us know do you have stock? Do any of our pharmacists around town, I know we're played in a lot of pharmacies, we're played in a lot of medical facilities, which is great to hear, uh, because I think we've been responsible as regards this pandemic, and therefore people stay with us in a medical facility. Thank you for that. Are there any pharmacists listening to us right now? What's your stock like? Do you have stock? Do you, the Janssen & Janssen vaccine, you can store it in the regular fridge. It has quite a decent shelf life. Do you have stock? So is there any stock in Cork right now to start jabbing the over-18s on Monday morning? 1850-715-996. Now... Uh, just, I want to talk to Cork TD, Social Democrat TD, Holly Cairns. It's about something else entirely. But um, I'll, I'll see where we're going with regard to COVID-19 as well in the course of this, Holly, and how you feel it's being handled. We'll do that in a moment. But first of all, you've sought a meeting with the minister responsible for mental health, who is Mary Butler, about people with eating disorders. Because you've been, you've been very concerned about this for several months, Holly, haven't you? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, so it was first back in February that I raised the shocking situation whereby no funding was allocated under the National Eating Disorder Treatment Plan for 2020 and that none of the 1.6 million allocated in 2019 uh, was spent. So back then, in response to my parliamentary questions, um, the department revealed that the decision to temporarily pause the nationally planned developments for the programme um, were made for operational reasons rather than clinical ones. Um, so funding was diverted to meet existing demands to provide things like additional clinical support, like agency staff. 
So obviously we need clear assurances that that won't happen again. Like bureaucratic decisions can't be allowed to affect the treatment of vulnerable people. And it's important to note, PJ, that eating disorders um, are among the psychiatric conditions most associated with mortality. So then um, in April, um, the Minister for State, Mary Butler, um, assured me that she was aware of the issues and was working with the HSE Clinical Programme Regis to spend the money this year. However, in the meantime, there's been several cases of young women, we know they disproportionately present in young women, mm. um, having difficulties accessing appropriate medical care for severe eating disorders. Um, so these cases indicate that there's still a significant gap between the government's intention and the kind of on-the-ground ser- mm. services that people need. So back in April, it was I raised the issue of a Cork woman who suffered with bulimia and anorexia for over a decade. Yes. Um, and she fears if she doesn't get inpatient treatment for her condition, um, that she'll die. Um, so in mid-March, she tried to take her own life. That was the latest in a number of suicide attempts. And How is she now, Holly? Um, she's still waiting and she's, you know, not doing great, to be honest, because she needs inpatient care and she can't get it. And it's worth noting as well that there's only three dedicated hospital beds for eating disorders in Ireland. So people who desperately care just simply can't get it. And then last week, another case was brought to me um, by, it was by a private clinic who actually have six inpatient beds. And there was a patient in Galway um, and their consultant was in touch with the private clinic and everything was set to go ahead and the patient was supposed to get care and then it didn't go ahead because the state wouldn't fund it. So there's a bed there, there's funding there I just can't understand what the problem is. That's why I requested the meeting with Mary Butler um, last week and yeah. I haven't had a response yet. You haven't had a response yet. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, and I've raised the issue, say, in the Dáil several times now. And, you know, the way the Dáil works, sometimes you just get to give statements and sometimes you get to ask questions. We rarely get to ask questions. So the response you get tends to be like read off the script and it's not an immediate response to your statement or anything like that. And the HSE and the Minister tend to just focus on how they're trying to implement early intervention strategies. Mm. And I'm all for that. Everybody wants early intervention. It's absolutely critical and that's ideal. But unfortunately, due to the lack of care for so long now, many people are far past early intervention and that's not suitable for somebody like uh, the the people I've referenced uh, already. Um, Mm. So some of the 1.6 million in funding, which was allocated there of eating disorder that wasn't used, can be used now. Yeah. And like, I think it's important to kind of talk about as well on the whole here, our mental health services are just so inadequate. Like one of my best friends lives in the UK and she's a mental health social worker. Like she works with a mental health team for the NHS. It's like a multidisciplinary team. And she said that more and more now they're having people with eating disorders coming over from Ireland to be admitted into inpatient units yeah, there. We've been hearing that for, for quite some time. Holly, we'll see where the questions go with the Minister. Qu- quickly, um, your thoughts on, on the COVID vaccination programme and the worries about the, the fourth wave. What do you think of the response of the government so far? Particularly yeah. the one response this morning by Stephen Donnelly. It's really difficult to know how to respond to any of the new advice coming out from government because all of the data and modelling that they have access to um, is something that they haven't shared with opposition since uh, last December. So when they're talking about the modelling and the data and stuff like that, like we need to see that to really know how to respond to it. And so I think, first of all, it's important to note that it's just outrageous that they don't share that information. Mm. Um, you know, without that, it's very difficult to, to have a form of... Well, you do get, we do get briefings, public briefings from NEFET. Is that not the same? 
No, the actual data and modelling that the Cabinet gets to make decisions, we haven't had access to that information since last December. Okay, and you're looking for, I, know, I think I heard one of your co-leaders looking for it during the week. Here's hoping that you get to see it soon. Holly, thank you very much for your time. Holly Cairns, Social Democrats TD for Cork South West. Just before we go to the news, I saw this uh, over the last couple of days. I, I, what you might call a plague of jellyfish Sydney uh, Bonney owns the Beanie Box. It's one of these wonderful horse box coffee shops down in Ring of Skiddy. Cindy, uh, you were down in Cove yesterday and you saw loads of jellyfish, I think. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Hi. Where did you see them? Oh, just down at the harbour. We were in Cove visiting family and um, we were just walking along the harbour. We actually got an ice cream and we were going to go on to one of the spike things and we were walking down the office there there was just millions of them yeah. all in like you could actually touch them if you want to say so not that you'd want to like no and were well, they small little the small little ones in a cluster was it no no huge <laughs> they were all different sizes they were huge ones baby ones just I've never seen so many of them like we'd be a bit of water babies ourselves and I've never ever seen that amount of them um, right. And what, yeah, what colour were they? Were they kind of a purpley one or the clear yeah, one? The purpley ones. The purpley you know, ones. You, the ones you, you'd actually see loads of them in Spain, actually. Yeah, because they, 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 they love the warm water, like, so I did a bit of research on them when, I, uh, when we spotted them. But apparently they're very popular in um, Ireland and England on our shores. Yeah, but, we get a lot of them, but they're, they're, they're coming in. Um, yeah. Was there people gathering around looking at them? Yeah, yeah, people yeah. were fascinated. Yeah, would you put yeah, you off, it wouldn't put you off going for a swim, would it? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be nervous stuff like that. No, my daughter would. It's like she loves the water. It's like she could in that now, and she was like, "You must be joking me." <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, leave it there. Thanks very much. That's Cindy Bonnie. Did you see these jellyfish? Also, we seem to have a problem with a regular visitor to our shore, the weaver fish, which gives a very nasty sting. Uh, they're being spotted in their usual haunts. Can we just talk? Opinion line on Corks 96 FM with Dairy Made Premium Spread 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. The lines are live and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850 715 996. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. We have bundles and bundles of comments coming in on various elements of this morning's news to do with COVID 19. Stock of vaccines. Is there a stock of vaccines out there in pharmacies to start what they want to do on Monday? We're talking to Pat Dalton in Dalton's pharmacy and he said he has nothing at the moment. He's waiting on a delivery from the HSE, but he could effectively get rid of as many Johnson & Johnson doses as they can give him when the under 18s start coming in on Monday. And did you know what he said as well? He said he has been inundated already with people asking for a Johnson & Johnson. Mary Regan, who's one of Ortiz's political people, she's just tweeted that the vaccine supply estimates uh, for the moment for the uh, 18 to 35s, 205,000 in stock, 210,000 Janssen's available in July 100,000 extra AstraZeneca's in July but the company has said it will provide more 
So the stock is out there or it's coming. Uh, getting it into the pharmacies is the next thing. Hopefully the supply chain will hold up. But as Pat was saying, they're currently seem to be more focused in the supply chain on getting Pfizer out to more remote pharmacies. And that kind of ties in with the message that we had. Where is it? Yes, you're talking there like the problem with second doses is only AstraZeneca. I live in Carrigaline, which isn't a remote area by any means, and I'm waiting six weeks for my second dose of Pfizer. There's no word yet, and it's supposed to be only four. Have you tried ringing the helpline number, the 1850-24-1850? Have you tried ringing that number to see can you get any satisfaction from that? Because six weeks seems unnaturally long for Pfizer because they have been fairly consistent all along with getting the Pfizer in in the second and the fourth week. Just a text about my second vaccine from next Thursday. I'm 63. Got the first one at the start of May. Seems like a lifetime. I can't wait, says Ger. That's the second message we've had this morning about people already receiving texts for their second vaccine next week. And that's great. That's great. I'm delighted for you, Ger. The science originally said, you see, and of course over on the proc, they love pulling my chain and telling me that I'm, I'm gone off the reservation with regard to the science. Well, we are sticking. Back in the day, a few months ago, we said you have to wait 12 weeks for AstraZeneca. So they gave people the first dose and then they're waiting the 12 weeks or sometimes 16 weeks for the second dose. But this still means there's thousands of them out there not dosed yet. Now they've closed that down to eight. Now they're closing it down to four. And already this morning, we've had two messages from people who've got their appointment for the next few days and that's brilliant and if you get a text this morning or over the weekend let us know um, because we we really need to hold them to this now they've said they'll get the second dose to everyone in the next 10 or 11 days we really need to hold them to it here's another one though Jim my partner's in her 50s I made an appointment for a pharmacy for this morning she went along this morning and didn't get it in the end she was told they had a vial which needs five patients. But they couldn't open it just for her as they didn't have four others they could give the doses to. She was sent home without it. She's a frontline worker. That is crazy. Now, admittedly, when they open the vial, they have to use the whole vial. At least that's my understanding, that once you stick the needle in the little vial and take out the first dose, you're then committed to using the whole vial or it'll go to waste, and they don't want to waste the vaccine. That's unfortunate, though, for Jim. I'm on the... Uh, this is the last one for now. I have loads to catch up on. I'm on the train there from East Cork, and there are at least seven people not wearing masks. I'm not sure what their story is, whether they have some issue medically, or they're anti-maskers, or Delilists, or whether they've been vaccinated and they think they shouldn't have to wear them anymore. It seems a lot, and there's no inspector encouraging to put them on or finding out what the story is. Masks on trains and masks on public transport are a little controversial. There are there are people. Now, it's a small cohort of people, but there are people who cannot physically wear the mask. You have to accept that. Some people who just physically cannot wear a mask. If you go into Aldi, there are signs up reminding you to remember that. There are people, some people who physically cannot wear a mask. There are those who just won't because they're idiots. 
but there are those who physically can't. Um, and if you're medically exempt, you can't actually get a letter to say you are. I've been hearing, I'm working on this with the Irish Council of General Practitioners at the moment. I'm in communication with them because there are some people out there who medically can't wear a mask but are having trouble getting a piece of paper that says they can't. But if you're not wearing a mask for any reason other than you're not able, then you're an idiot. And if you've been double vaccinated, you still need a mask on a train. Okay? You still need a mask on the bus. Until you're told we no longer need to wear masks on the bus, you still need to wear the mask on the bus or on a train. 1850-715-996. Right, I, I need to come back to that because we're, we're getting behind here. The former Lord Mayor of Cork has voiced his concern that children as young as eight are being used as drug runners in parts of Cork City. I'm reading from The Echo. This is uh, former councillor Chris O'Leary. He says families are in touch with him because he's a community youth worker. And he says it's a worrying sign of the times. Morning, Chris. Good morning, PJ. We've heard of this on and off, on small scale, from b- b- before now. But yeah. your evidence seems to be it's becoming a real problem. It is. Sadly, yeah. I, I suppose um, it's 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 always been there, PJ. And um, to be fair, um, where youngsters, I can go back to the nineties, working with young people at risk and stuff like that, and it, it wasn't unusual for them to be ferrying drugs in and out of places um, at that that time, as, y- as young as eight. Um, so I, I, I am aware of it. So it's not a shocking news to me. Yeah. But what but what I'm seeing now is a mass increase in parents I suppose really looking for help, looking for support, unaware that their child has been caught up in something and it's right across um, all uh, demographics in the city okay yeah. and that, that, that is safe to say and so, sometimes they get involved, the young, the young, the young um, children I mean we are talking about children in the main here and that's, that's what I'm concerned about um, you know they, they might be bullied um, and maybe sometimes to to feel safe and secure, they they get involved with a group that is, that's a gang, um, and then they're used. You know, there's a payoff. They have to do they have to do certain things to be to be protected and all that kind of stuff. And the gangs do protect their own. But then when they want to X out of the gang and um, get it, like they're being challenged at times to do. In, in the early stages, to do things to prove themselves that their loyalty to the gang, yeah. um, and it's out of that then that one thing leads to another. I mean, I suppose I just got off the phone talking to somebody a short while ago that um, is, you know, very, very much, you know, in in pandemonium mode, um, a, a parent um, that has somebody who is as young as eleven, um, very much caught up in um, drug addiction themselves. Oh my goodness. An 11-year-old addict, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Has been caught up in in the gang system and is now in a serious situation. And and, and parents are reaching out. Again, I can make reference to somebody um, who contacted me. The interview that you see this morning by Sarah Horgan was done um, about maybe two or three weeks ago, to be fair. Um, And it was, I suppose, really to bring to attention, you know, 
parents need to be mindful of where their children are 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 out. Um, if they're not coming in late, if they're coming in with things that normally they wouldn't have, you know, there there is money being made available. They're getting gifts. They're getting things. You know, they're getting the induction and all that kind of stuff. When children's mood swings are are changing as well, and you know, parents do their best, but they also need to be aware that they, that that they 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 need to be um, in tune with their children, asking where they're going, and um, I suppose overall, PJ, look look, it, it seems to be deteriorating deteriorating more recently yeah. because of the pandemic because you know children have been out and parents have, have thought it was a good thing letting children out playing, playing with other um, youngsters and stuff like that but it is worrying when you see older people um, involved in those groups and you, you notice them I'm, I mean you know I've been contacted by, by parents who tell me that they're worried that their child is involved with a group maybe five or six years older than their child, or even older in some cases. Yeah. yeah. Like you, 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 you. If your 11 year old is hanging around with 17, 18, and 19 year olds, yeah. something isn't right. Something isn't right. Break that, break that chain. Exactly. And we're, we're not talking about formal youth gatherings or sports or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking no. about here. So street just, corners. Just, just, yes, street corners, in parks, in town, travelling into town, we, we, see, we, we see it currently on the streets. Um, I mean, I've observed... If, you're, if your youngster of 10 or 11 is over on the green with a bunch of 18 or 19-year-olds, break that chain. Break the chain. There, there is... There, there, look. Oh. Oh, Chris's phone has just died on us, unfortunately. Uh, we'll see if we can get him back, but hold on, is he there? Are you there, Chris? Ah. <laughs> Yeah, phone appears to have just died on crisp. That's scary, and that's the most scary aspect of that conversation. First of all, Chris has been in contact with someone whose parents are dealing with an 11-year-old addict here in our city. And there's a very important piece of parenting advice. If your child of 11 or 12 or 10 is hanging around on the green now, not at a sports club, not where they could be hanging around with them, but hanging around on the green or wandering around after school with 18 or 19-year-olds. Break that chain. And this is your time to be their parent, not their friend. Break that chain. 1850-715-996. Oh, is he back, is he? All right. I don't know what happened there, Chris. Sorry, sorry about the technology, PJ. <laughs> All right. It happens. It well, happens. I, I, so I think I, that's 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 the thing this morning. First of all, you're saying that these kids are being used all over the city. That's yeah. sad to hear. That you're dealing presently or you're talking about you're talking to the parents of an eleven year old addict and that we need to break that chain between ten and eleven year olds and older kids they shouldn't be hanging around with. And and, and PJ, like I, I have reports of, of eight as young as eight year olds at the moment. I, I have a good good answer, that that are being enticed into the gangs that that are running, um, they 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 they're led to believe by the the sen- senior members of those gangs that they won't be touched, they won't be harmed, they're underage, they'll probably get a slap on the wrist and that's it. They'll go into the juvenile system. Right. But 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 the big problem here is they are carrying around large sums of drugs. Yeah. And, and, the, and that, it, 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 it is right across the drug spectrum at the moment. 
Right. It's, it's, not, it's not just pot, it's it's everything. Chris, thank you very much. Uh, former Lord Mayor and Councillor, former Councillor Chris O'Leary. And remember the 8, 9, 10, 11 year olds he's talking about? Do you remember I was he talking to James Chisholm a few months ago over in the UK? Toker lad running gyms and boxing clubs over in the UK. And he's trying to break that chain by getting the youngsters into boxing. And he was telling me in that interview that he's come across eight, nine and ten year old addicts. And there's a book and I'm damned if I can remember the name of the book. I read the damn thing. I'm damned if I can remember the name of the book about a Dublin lad who uh, is presently afraid of his living life. He's living in hiding now that the people he gave evidence against will get out soon. But he was only 11 or 12 when he joined a milk round. And the milk round was a front for drug dealing. And that's not today nor yesterday. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. The lift was going up and it stopped at the first floor. Okay. In steps Colin Farrell with, you know, like the entourage. There's two or three people oh, no. there with him. Yeah. You didn't the have on- your makeup on yet and you thought you were Colin Farrell. <laughs> 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 uh, no, okay, carry on. You cheeky. JC and Ross in the morning with No DC Cars Blackpool for Skoda in the City. A long standing tradition in Cork. Open 24 7 at NoDC.com. Cork's 96 FM. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now, I'll come back to all that book, by the way. Yeah, it's by Nicola Talent. It's in all your... Uh, good bookshops. Nicola Talent wrote that book. It's called The Witness. It'll frighten the bejiminy out of you. But what you will do is watch your 11-year-olds a bit closer after you read it. Based in Dublin. A true story. 
The Witness by Nicola Talent. He should be able to get it. I read it a few months ago, frightened the life out of me. 185715996. I'm holding on to bunches of comments there to do with Pfizer and to do with AstraZeneca and to do with level the fourth wave and all that. I'll come back to them all. I'm not going to neglect anybody if I can. But I want to talk about the weather. Don't we always want to talk about the weather? It doesn't look too promising for the weekend. We've had three or four days of glorious summer weather. Um, today might hold out. It might warm up. It might brighten up. But the bad stuff is coming in for the weekend. It's going to be pretty grotty. At least that's what the apps are telling us and that's what the forecast is telling us. Pretty grotty over the weekend and then much cooler into next week. Let us catch up with Cahal Nolan, a climate researcher at UCC. Cahal, good morning. A very good morning, PJ. It's been a glorious week, but we're at the end of it for a few days at least. That seems to be the general prognosis. We are expected to see a change, I suppose, later on this afternoon, this evening. There is a risk of one or two showers breaking out across the county. They will be hitting missing places, and again, some areas will experience some good sunshine today, and still it will feel quite warm. It's true tomorrow that we really start to see the changes taking place. We will notice that although temperatures remain about 19, 20 degrees, it will feel that little bit cooler. But with that, we can expect to see some pretty heavy thundery downpours in places, really getting going through the late morning into the early afternoon and continuing on then through much of the day. And it's a repeat performance then as we head into Sunday as well. Is this what we talked about before, where that for the next few days now, what's coming at us from the Atlantic is winning over what we've been enjoying for the last week? Essentially, that's the case. So the reason that we've had the particularly good weather is that we've had an area of high pressure located north of the country. That's allowed for more, I suppose, milder, warmer conditions to feed in from the southeast of the country, as typically is the case at this time of the year. However, the high pressure to the north is expected to shift away, and as that shifts away, then we get to see, I suppose, the more typical southwesterly winds bringing in an area of low pressure, and with that, the increased instability, but still the warmer temperatures will lead to some of those heavy thunder downpours in place for at least a while. Now, I'm looking at my predictions. I use two apps now. I use Dark Sky and I use the YRNO that that has been recommended to us. I'm kind of comparing contrasting the two. This particular spell lasting into the middle of next week, I think. That seems to be the case. So looking at the latest weather models that we have at the moment, it looks as though this more unsettled period lasts up until probably the middle towards the end of next week. And then at that stage, there's tentative signs that we may see return to more summery conditions with high pressure building back in. So some encouraging signs, I suppose, if, if you are looking forward to, I suppose, better conditions as we go into the, I suppose, towards the end of the first week of July into the middle of the month. Around that time, we could expect to see better conditions developing again. Now, reading the British newspapers, and, and they love predicting weeks in advance, particularly in summertime, they're telling us that the second half of July is when the real summer arrives. Any notion of that on the horizon? Very difficult to look beyond the 7 to 10 day window, I suppose, with any sense of accuracy. As we said, there are tentative signs that we do see high pressure start to build in towards the middle of the month that I presume will correlate along with what they've been saying, but I'd be sceptical, I suppose, really, to give forecast that far in advance. It's really just at this particular stage, it's about looking at those general long-term trends. At the moment, the trend as we go towards the middle of the month is for a settled spell of weather to to recommence, I suppose. Which I suppose when people are having their, their staycations, that's that's the best news you can give them. Looking at Canada over the last few days, Cahill, and I suppose that America and Canada together, but Canada in particular, frightening levels of heat wave over there. What's causing that? 
certainly is. I suppose the main reason that we've seen those exceptionally high temperatures there at present has been due to the permanent, semi-permanent location of an area of high pressure across the Pacific Northwest. That has basically developed what's called a heat dome. Essentially, there's just a high-pressure system located in place. The heat has continued to build and build and build. It's quite a mountainous area as well in parts. So what you have then is you have local kind of heat and variability as it goes up during the day. Sometimes the, the hotter air tends to just accumulate in these valleys, and that's where you get the exceptional temperatures, as we said. Temperatures up as high as 49, 50 degrees Celsius in parts of the Pacific Northwest. The highest temperatures experienced in Canada ever before, I think, were 44 degrees Celsius. So to break that record by 5 and 6 degrees Celsius it really is quite an exceptional event. It's almost impossible to fathom what that's like to stand out in. It really is, I suppose, if we cast our mind even back to the last couple of days here in Ireland, temperatures at best have been about 23, 24 degrees Celsius in places. And even at that, for some of it, it probably would have felt a little bit uncomfortable. So then to imagine what it's like to stand in, I suppose, 49, 50 degrees Celsius heat, it's really, I suppose, we can't even comprehend it. Yeah, we, we like our summer, but we don't want that, as, as they say. And it is quite hot, finally, Carl, it is quite hot across the holiday countries, as it were now, isn't it? It has been. Yeah, we've seen, I suppose, more typical, let's say, summer temperatures across many parts of Europe over the course of the last week or so. Temperatures in many of the Mediterranean countries have been getting up to around 32, 33 degrees. Higher in some parts, I know in some parts of Spain, they got up to 39, 40 degrees Celsius around the typical areas, Valencia, the east coast of Spain, and across parts of Italy into Greece as well. We've had had temperatures up into the mid or high 30s. Cool down a little bit at the moment as well, back down to more normal values, high 20s, low 30s, but certainly yeah, the, mm. the summer is well in place across Europe. And one last question has come in. When we get temperatures like we had yesterday, followed by a rapid cooling, any chance of a bit of thunder because it worries people, they're frightened of it? There is a chance of thunder. So certainly in some of those heavier downpours tomorrow through the late morning into the early afternoon, from that time onwards, we can expect to see some of those heavy downpours producing thunderstorms locally so certainly do keep an eye out for those tomorrow all right Cahill, we'll catch up again thank you very much Cahill nolan a climate researcher at ucc so this is the last of the nice stuff for a while going to change this evening weekend looks like a bit of a washout uh, improvement coming again by the middle of next week not easy to predict yet how good it'll be but certainly this next couple of days are going to be nothing to write home about 185715996. Let me go quickly. Uh, if we release three there, I'll take her before the break. Yeah. Evelyn, you want to thank someone, is that right? Good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Hi, I'm very shaky this morning now. I'm very sorry. You're okay. What happened? Okay, I was in an accident last night and uh, my car is totally written off. But a lady came to my assistance and. Um, she calmed me down a little bit. I was very shook and um, she gave me a bottle of Lucasade. Oh, and um, I'm just looking for her, to thank her for her. Where, because, where did that happen, Evelyn? Um, the junk kettle round about about half seven last night. Okay, okay. So you you miss and you, you just got very panicky and shaky, was it? Yeah, yeah. I never got her details. Okay, Sorry. and she came along and she gave you a bottle of Lucasade, they're telling me. She did, she did. All right, okay. And you just want to say thanks? Yes. All right, okay. All right, Evelyn, we'll see if we can find her. Uh, you're all right now, are you? Well, I'm, I'm You're shaky, like. Shaky and sore. And, all right, yeah, well, look, af- look after yourself and, and um, make sure that you get, you get whatever attention that you need. Uh, thank you very much, um, Evelyn. 
It's unfortunate she had an accident there not so long ago, but uh, that's there. So you're if, uh, if you're a woman who was, thank you, Evelyn, look after yourself. Uh, if you were the woman or if you saw the accident or whatever, down around the Kettle roundabout about two hours ago, two or three hours ago, there was an accident and a woman came along and gave a bottle of Lucasaid to the person who'd been involved in the accident. So that was Evelyn. And she's okay. She's just a bit shaken and probably needs to go and look after herself and rest and relax and needs an arm around her, I'd say, at this stage more than anything else. Well, the accident was last night. Okay. But this morning she just was very upset and very panicky on the Dunkettle roundabout and someone gave her a bottle of Lucasaid. Okay. All right. If you came to someone's assistance this morning, you 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 did more than just give her a bottle of Lucasaid. Uh, you you kind of you made her day really. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Was it you or was it your was it your mum or your or did you if you were a, did, do you know anyone who saw that or anyone who came across that this morning? Loads of people who would be driving around there would have seen that. You know. Um, did your mum say it to you or anything like that, that she saw someone this morning? Just just let us know. If it came, might have come up in the hairdressers this morning. You know, the way people bring these things up. I came across this this morning. There's a woman giving a, a girl a bottle of Lucasaid on the Dunkettle roundabout. Saw that. You never know this kind of conversations. The accident was last night. That's okay. The accident was last night. All right. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. The Stunning formed in 1987 and had some top 10 hits before their debut album, Paradise on the Picture House, hit number one in 1990. A 30th anniversary concert rescheduled from last year is to take place at Cypress Avenue on October 15th. Tickets are on sale now. Access all areas. Next up in this 2021 online concert series, Cork Orchestral Society welcomes three sopranos to Curtis Auditorium in Diva, taking place in mid-July. You can watch the concert stream on their website, corkorchestralsociety.ie. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, more people are contacting us to let us know they've been called for their second AstraZeneca vaccine. Noeline is going today. And so is her husband. And they're nine and ten weeks, respectively. They're both in the mid sixties. Good to hear that, Nolene. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. The National Transport Authority has launched the Cork Bus Network Redesign Choices Report, which is a big long title for what sounds to me like they're going to look at all aspects of our bus services in or around Cork and see what could be done to modernise and improve them. Now. Speaking as someone who is lucky enough to live 
on the route of two excellent bus services, namely the, the 220 and the 216 and the sheer ease of living so close to two excellent bus services like that. I think everybody should have them. Possibly that's what they're at. Hugh Cregan is Director of Transport Planning and Investment and the Deputy Chief Executive of the National Transport Authority. And he joins me now. Hugh, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Is that the idea? And I'm sure you're aware of, of just how good these services are, the 220 and the 216, if you're familiar with Cork. We should all be able to have those services. Ideally, we, we, we do want everyone to have a good, good service. Uh, certain areas are more populated than others, and, and you need to put more bus service into those areas. But overall, yes, the intention of this um, network redesign is to relook at the bus network in Cork uh, and see how we can um, improve the bus network and actually improve the services to more people. So the whole object is to make the bus system more useful to more people. Uh, and as you say there, you're, you're living on some, by the sounds of things, on the, on the 220 route, which is a particularly strong route and working running 24 hours, as, as you know. Uh, so we want to replicate some of that across the rest of the region and try and get more people able to use the bus system than currently are using it. What kind of changes do you think are needed before you listen to what the public has to say? What in your own mind needs to be changed? Well, it, it's hard to say at this stage, but the way the bus system in, in all cities uh, evolves is that over time, new developments happen. There's new estates built uh, here and there. And the bus system gets amended slightly uh, this year and slightly more the next year. And you end up that that's probably not where you would start if you were drawing it from scratch uh, because it's, 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 it's evolving in a, in a kind of a piecemeal way, piecemeal way. So it is worthwhile every decade or couple of decades to take a fresh look at the overall network and see is there a way of keeping all the good things in the network and then seeing are there other places where you can make changes that will make the, the system work better for more people. Mm. So, so, so it's not that we're saying there's a whole lot of things wrong with Cork, with the Cork Bus Network. We're not saying that. We're saying that it has been tweaked and evolved over the years. Now is a good time with ambition to go Cork to 50% bigger than it is now. Mm. Now is a good time to go and relook at it from scratch and make sure it's fit for purpose for 2021 2031 and onwards. One of the things you're looking at is and should the network prioritise short walks to transport, which I have, or short waits for transport, which I also have as it turns out, but, but which is more important, to be near public transport or have a frequent service that you can get to? Well, this is a question we're asking people, so what we mean by that is that within a budget you can you can only provide a certain amount of bus service and, and you have to figure out how to distribute it. And you do have choices. You could get, put a bus on every single road where the bus is running once an hour and that might work for some people. But for most people, it would mean that they have to time their journeys around that one bus an hour. Yeah. But it's very convenient if the, if the timing suits. But for most people, it doesn't suit and they'll end up driving. The other way of doing some routes at least is to concentrate the bus service on, on on certain routes and and maybe have a bus service running every 10 minutes on those routes. And people may have to walk a little bit further to get to it, but instead of having to time their lives around a bus coming once an hour, they, they have a bus coming every 10 minutes, every five mm. minutes, but they have to walk a little bit further. And that's some people like that, and then other people don't like it. Yeah. 
And really, we're just looking for, for to, to, to gauge people's views in Cork okay. about whether that is one of the things we should look at to, to, to require some people to walk a little bit longer on the basis that it's a much more frequent service right. and, and will benefit more people. Right. So it's one of, it's, it's one of the choices and the, 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 the challenges we're asking people about before we delve into redesigning. Sure. You're also looking at whether routes should be designed to allow for more interchange. What do you mean by that? Well, if you're living at a particular location and there's one bus route going past it, really you can only access the destinations along that particular bus route. So if you want to access more destinations, you have to change either onto another bus, if you're going by public transport, that is, onto another bus or onto the, the rail system there in Cork and hopefully in the future onto the light rail system. And uh, it, overall, it, again, it goes back to to avoid that interchange uh, for, for some people. We can run more buses less frequently in various places. But as I say, that means a person maybe has to has a bus an hour to wait 55 minutes to get there to, before they can get the next bus, possibly. If, if, um, if, on the other hand, we could have faster service going to their area, but it wasn't exactly going every place they needed to go, they may have to interchange with another bus elsewhere. But overall, we can make the, the opportunities for them that much better. So it's it's... And you're throwing these ideas out to the general public. Now, you have a virtual public meeting this Tuesday coming. Uh, A public meeting next Tuesday evening. People would need to just register in advance. uh, It's it's on our website, uh, www.busconnect.ie, along with a whole lot of information about the, the, the type of questions, the type of feedback we're looking for people, and a simple online form for people to complete. Okay, and when will we see then the change that, you know, people will say we want? Our intention is to take this feedback during the month of July. Over the summer, we, along with a a lot of people, including people from Cork City Council, Cork County Council, Bus Air and ourselves, redesign a draft new network for Cork, for Cork metropolitan area. And around... October, November, we will put that draft network, uh, it is draft, out for public consultation and look for people's feedback. And uh, if uh, and we'll see what that feedback is. And it may be that, that we can finalise, our intention is to try and finalise the final network in the early months of next year. And exactly how long it'll take us to implement it really will depend on the scale of change. If, if we don't have to change too much, we can implement quickly. If the change is bigger, it'll take a little bit longer. Okay, okay. Bus Connects, thank you very much. That's Hugh Cregan, Director of Transport Planning and Investment at the National Transport Authority. He's also their Deputy Chief Executive. Hugh, thanks for being with us on the Opinion Line. That website, if you want to take a look, busconnects.ie. That virtual meeting is on next Tuesday, the 6th, but you'd need to register. Those jellyfish are called moon jellyfish, by the way. The little, yeah, the little small kind of purpley pinky ones that you'd usually see on holidays or in warmer waters, shall we say. They're down around Cove. Loads of them. Moon jellyfish. No, I don't know if they give you a bad sting. I, I wouldn't be inclined to try it anyway. 1850 And it's weaver fish are the ones you need to look out for. They hide in the sand and at low tide you can trod on one and they have a spine spines in their back and they give you a very nasty sting and very, very, very painful 
sting, for which I believe the only cure is stick the foot into boiling water. Ah! Yuck! Anyway, that happens. It's part of, it's part of summer. 1850 Speaking of summer, I'll bet you didn't know that Willy Wonka was not a Christmas film. No, it wasn't. It might be shown at Christmas all the time, but it wasn't a Christmas film. It was released, the most beautiful Christmas movie. I think one of, one of the most beautiful children's movies. Sorry, not Christmas movie. Children's movies ever, ever watched. And Gene Wilder's finest hour as an actor was released 50 years ago this very week. Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory. Um... 50 years ago this week, a summer movie actually, when it came out, Gene Wilder as I said, finest hour, but it's one of those movies you could go back to, time after time, after time, I think I've probably seen it 40 times and even (laughs) at my age now far, far past children's movies, if I see it coming on at Christmas time or whenever, I'm planked there in front of the telly with popcorn I love that film, absolutely love it it's the kind of comfort movie that you can go to whenever life gets a bit on top of you so I thought, seeing as it's Friday and seeing as we often talk about movies and TV and stuff on Friday is there a movie that you go back to time after time after time just to get away from whatever is going on. If I had to pick, I couldn't really pick one. I think I'd pick The Avengers. I love The Avengers movies. I love all of the Marvel stuff and I love James Bond. I do love James Bond. But if there was one movie, and I was putting myself under pressure, is there a movie that always sort of makes me smile and that it would go back to a hundred times. There is. E.T. It's the movie I would go back to a hundred times. E.T. Is there a movie that you'd go back to a hundred times? 083 396 96 96 text to WhatsApp just for the fun of it because it's Friday and because the weather is about to turn crap for a few days. <laughs> And because we have a Delta wave coming, and we can only hope and pray we can get through it. Is there a movie that you go back to a hundred times? For me, I think, yeah, E.T. What would be your one? 83 96 We mentioned it in the context of uh, Willy Wonka, which is 50 years old this week. And it reminds me of this news story that I read this morning. We all love sweeties, of course, and if we can't get Willy Wonka sweeties, we'll get Haribo. We mightn't be able to get Haribo soon because they are saying that they're struggling to get their sweets into shops in the UK due to a shortage of lorry drivers. Now, I don't know whether that applies to us here in this country, but I assume that our Haribo comes to us from the UK. I'm not too sure do we do import it directly. I don't know, but it's just a story. It's a German company is Harry Bow, and it said that it is experiencing an unprecedented and sustained surge in demand for its product and they have a big problem with their supply chain including a huge shortage of drivers at the moment to get Harry Bow sweets 
around Europe. I know it's a first world problem, but everyone's got their Haribo heaven. On the vaccine, there's someone else delighted to get my second dose yesterday, but I hadn't any text. It's just I phoned the HSE who confirmed I was scheduled. I would have missed out otherwise. That's from Jar. What is the number for the HSE that you called out? My husband's five weeks waiting now for his second Pfizer. I think it's the same one, 1850, 24, 1850. That we can double check, but I think it is 1850, 24, 1850. With regard to those who can't wear masks, um, my children, two of my children, got letters from their GP to state they can't wear masks for a medical reason. That's from Denise. There's a problem though, Denise. Some people can, some people can't. I know somebody who was told by his GP that he can't and he would genuinely have a, a serious issue trying to wear a mask. And if you see someone in the supermarket who isn't wearing one, just ignore it. Give them a bit of space. They could be a bowsy taking a chance, but they also could be someone who genuinely genuinely can't because they are out there you should still wear a mask though if you can 1850 yesterday ah Brenda my husband my two friends and I all got appointments for our second dose of Astra for next Friday we all got our first shot in early May ah they're happening they're happening to be fair we will keep our tabs on Stephen Donnelly I hope to goodness that he manages to deliver on this but he says that everybody who needs one and everybody waiting on a second one will get it within the next 10 to 12 days. And we are, in fairness, getting a lot of messages from people who have just been called now. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Coming up this hour, among plenty other things, your last chance on the Opinion Line to win with free speaker frenzy. I'll tell you when, not now, not now. I'll tell you when, sometime between now and 12, another chance to win on Free Speaker Frenzy, our last one on the opinion line. We've had a lovely message, and I always feel a little bit, just a little bit conscious uh, of blowing our own trumpets when I read this out. But it's so lovely to to get a message like this. Um, Mary was on to say, just wanted to say thank you to PJ and to 96am in general for the coverage of covid I became very ill with COVID. It was frightening. I've been off work for nearly seven months. You told it exactly as it is. You didn't confuse people like other stations did by trying to downplay it sometimes and hype it up at others. It's been very consistent coverage and it made me feel I understood what was going on with me. Also, coverage of the everyday things on your show after dealing with today's COVID news helped to refocus my mind. It was a perfect balance, and to all the other people in 96 as well, for highlighting the danger of COVID and announcing the most important things regularly. Well, that's very kind of you, Mary, and I do hope that your recovery is continuing and that you'll uh, soon be back to hail and hearty. And then on the other side of it, you have um, the only people you have on are them who agree with the government. Spin! Time to turn off. All right. Glucks up. Glucks up.
All right, is he gone? That's grand. The rest of us all can continue with adult stuff. Thank you. 1850715996. Lists and lists and lists of your favourite movies coming in. The ones that you always go back to. I'm getting my second dose of AstraZeneca today. My brother in the UK has two doses of Pfizer, though, and tested positive yesterday through work screening. Well, here's hoping it'll be very mild. Hoping it'll be very mild for him. Work screening. Get that. They're doing that over there as well. But anyway, you're called for your second AstraZeneca today. There's a better number than the one I was calling out, by the way. I was calling out the 1850, 24, 1850. At the texts you get, in the text that you get to book you in for a vaccine. Um, I didn't, by the way. I got a call uh, from my GP to say there was a vaccine there for me if I wanted it. That was just me. But at the bottom of the text that you get is a COVID-19 helpline, 1800 700-700. 1800-700-700. So if you've not been called for your second dose and you think you should be, or particularly Pfizer, people ringing us about being five weeks waiting for the second Pfizer or six weeks waiting for the second Pfizer, uh, call them. 1800 700 700. Uh, 1850-715-996. On the topic of buses, and we were talking about buses, I was on the 206 yesterday, about 3 o'clock, this is from Liam, I couldn't get to the bell, and a lady saw my problem and pressed it for me. The driver was also very courteous. That's a nice one. 1850-715-996. Pages and pages of movies coming in. I I haven't seen E.T. yet coming in, but maybe I'm just not am different, we all know that have a listen to this I think this is funny Lads, can you tell me have I gone live? Anyone out there? Anyone out there? This is where I've disconnected <laughs> I've disconnected my Wi-Fi and I've nearly used a hammer so at this stage now I'm just wondering to see whether people can actually see me and if they can only because I know there's a certain amount you can see, but I am just taking cookies out of the oven, and I'm just going to see if this is going to work. So lads, listen, I have no idea if this is going to work, but if it has done, happy days. Now this is where it's hot, 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 hot. But you remember I was telling you about the cookie cutter when they come out? So this is where... You use the cookie cutter and rotate it. I love that because it's just so natural. Patricia, good morning. <laughs> good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's just so natural. <laughs> Is this working? Well, Hello. <laughs> well, you see, all of from when I started, it was hilarious because I had my fourteen-year-old um, daughter holding the camera. So it was fantastic. So she could hold and she'd wince and cringe at my bouncing across the kitchen. And then I decided only within the last week to go solo. And I am not tech savvy, as you can tell. Mom, you're an embarrassment. (laughs) Mom, no. Doesn't work like that, Mom. (laughs) I, I like it that way, though. I really do. It's called a touch of magic. That's me, exactly. A touch of magic because when I had started initially, it was sort of wedding cakes and I was doing kids' camps 
And um, corny as it sounds, all my cakes have a touch of magic. Yeah. And it was alphabetical as well, which meant it was easier when I was doing wedding fairs. I was always at top of the list <laughs> because of alphabetical, a touch of magic. And are, these are the kind of videos that pretty much anyone, look, as I say, when people ask me, can, PJ, can you cook? Can you bake? Well, look, no one's ever died. <laughs> that's that's about as much as I can say. <laughs> right? But these are for people like me who can do nothing. But, it's, you know, it's so funny because, honestly, I think if you can read a recipe, you can bake. I think people honestly have this preconceived idea that you have to be an experienced baker. The only way I got into baking was for my granny when I was really little. And I think throwing kids into a kitchen and letting them get messy sticky, causing chaos. Mm. That's the only way you're going to learn. Um, and the only reason I started this was because me, myself, the, the business closed, the wedding industry on its knees, um, and I needed a focus. So I used to wake up my kids in the morning at about quarter past nine, bounce on the screen for 10 o'clock, and they used to take it on turns, rock, paper, scissors, who was going to be mom's camera woman for the morning. <laughs> So they all suffered the embarrassment. So they all suffered, except the eldest had more common sense. There was no way, absolutely no way she was going to hold the camera. So I had to bribe them in the end and pay them for the half hour. Because they're telling, oh, mom, you can't say that. Oh, that's so last year. Oh, I know. And I suppose, Peter, you said it in a nutshell. I suppose the authenticity, and because they're going live, I do love the rawness of life because anything can happen and I could say innuendos that'll go straight over kids heads but adults will pick it up and then I'll say something out of turn and it's direct I'll drop a spoon an extension lead won't work yeah Yeah. in other words (laughs) like a real kitchen Yes, exactly. I mean, I normally work from the Cork Incubator Kitchens in Carrigaline, which was fantastic. Yeah. But obviously working from home, I can't. Uh, well, I can't currently because I've got, I've got four kids. They're constantly hungry and in and out of the kitchen. Um, so for me, it's, it's not really realistic to sort of continue. Yeah, and you so don't have this kind of, here's, you know, you're not one of these people, or you can't have sort of the cake, the start of the cake, the middle of the cake. Here's one I baked earlier. Here's one that's half finished and three quarters hot. <laughs> You can't, like... No, I, exactly. And, and and it's funny, too, because I think even with the lives, it's getting these fabulous messages where I started with, I think, about maybe 3,000 followers on Facebook, and now it's hit over the... I think it's 10,000, over 10,000 followers. I've built up this fabulous baking community, and they're just as crazy as me and Bonkers. And it's so lovely. You'll get messages saying that Lily, age seven, has done your cookies. I had a seven-year-old man who was hilarious saying he made his first soda bread. And it's just to get back to the basics of traditional baking and enjoy the passion. We we had this kind of thing in the first lockdown where it was banana bread. I swear to Christ, if I saw another slice of banana bread, it was going straight out the window. But but it started the fray. It started the craze. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And then there was sort of one-upmanship. Whose banana bread is better than somebody else's banana bread? Let's try my recipe. My recipe is better. I mean, it was hilarious. And then it went on to muffins. And then I think... For me, what I wanted, I wanted people to realise how easy baking is. And I suppose that's where I suppose the viewers as such would send me messages and say, oh, is there any chance you'd write a book? Is there any chance you'd write a book? And I didn't think in my wildest dreams that I'd even have the time, nor get anyone to take that madness on board. But I did. So um, Dinky Doodle in <laughs> Little Island, amazing graphic designers, um, took me on board and then Orla Kelly and Rochestown decided that she'd help me publish the book and then a hundred recipes later, a book was launched in March. 
and you're absolutely flying it. It's been fantastic because I didn't anticipate the demand because it went slightly bonkers. And at one stage, I think I was next to Joe Wicks on the book depository with regards to sales, <laughs> which is kind of bonkers. You've got this woman, four kids, based in Carrigaline, cracking eggs, bouncing around the kitchen. And lo and behold, the book is just flying off the shelf. And there's Joe Wicks. <laughs> and he's so, a lot less fun. I know. Do you know what? I must confess, Joe Wicks kept me sane. So when I would get up in the morning, I would do his exercises because it was that that helped me bounce into the kitchen. So in one respect, I have Joe Wicks to thank for it because <laughs> when I started, I'd bounce in and some people would honestly say, oh my God, I'm not able for this chipmunk this morning. Is there a mute button? But the kids love me. So this is where, because of my summer camps in the past and because of teaching in general, uh, I think kids gravitate to this slightly bonkers lady in Carrigaline yeah. that just translates recipes into easy methods and makes it foolproof. Which which is the, the, the key element. What's the most popular at the moment? That video has lovely looking hobnobs. <laughs> well, funny enough, it's anything that looks really decadent and sort of the strawberry cheesecake now is very popular. <laughs> you have a raspberry charlotte. But, I mean, you're going back to basics as well. This is where the amount of people that are still continuing with scones. And recently I did one because I found it in my granny's book. She had used soda water. So we did lemonade scones. So it was just with self-raising flour, cream, and 7-Up. And Ooh. they're divine. I'd, yeah. say, I'd, I'd say you'd be checking your, your sugar levels after that, though. <laughs> well, that's what keeps me bouncing. I think it's caffeine and sugar. But it's really amazing. The kids and just the community that has just built around these videos, and it has just been amazing. And I didn't think I'd enjoy it so much, but I'm getting a taste of the camera, and I'm loving it. Come back to the wedding business, because that's, of course, where, where you make your books when, when in normal times. And, and they're, they're goosed, aren't they, Patricia? Oh, they are goosed. And I think what's so frustrating is probably not knowing you know, one minute you'll have limited numbers and then you have these poor brides and they're ringing and they're postponing. Some are cancelling. Then some are just decided they're going to cancel the wedding completely and they're just going to have a big party bash maybe in two years' time. But I think the wedding industry is on its knees and I think we've been forgotten about. You've got these live bands that are forgotten about and you've got wedding venues that are catering for the brides, the grooms, the wedding party, but they can't have live music. Um, it's very challenging for the industry. And as I mentioned, I, th I think we're all forgotten. Um, it's challenging for wedding de decorators in particular because our business is based around the summer season. So you'll find that brides that have cancelled weddings may have pushed it to next year. But brides are so organised that brides for next year are squeezed into another date. And this is where cake decorators are filling up, not because there's a conveyor belt of wedding cakes, but they're selective with their customers and making sure that their customers are looked after for the ones that have booked initially. But it's chopping and changing is just excruciating for, for wedding um, industry. It's really cruel. Well, here's hoping that it comes back soon enough. A, a touch of magic on Facebook. The videos themselves are great crack and well done. And don't mind what the kids say. You're doing great. <laughs> And you know what? Do you know when they say, Dad, you're an embarrassment. Mom, you're an embarrassment. Do you know the answer? I'm your What's mom. That? That's my job. It's my job. <laughs> I'm good at it. I'm going to, I was put on this earth to embarrass you. <laughs>
Absolutely. They just cringe. <laughs> and it's just that lovely cringe factor that, listen, if they cringe, I'll just make it worse for them. They're better off sucking it up. <laughs> Patricia, take care and thank you and good luck with everything. That's Patricia O'Flaherty. She's running these baking sessions on Facebook. They're priceless. She is funny. The baking is crack, and she's on Facebook. A touch of magic. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Still getting loads of calls about people with uh, their second appointment or waiting for their second appointment. That woman, six weeks without a Pfizer, needs to keep ringing them, keep putting in requests, keep hounding them. The number was on the text for your first appointment, and that number is one eight hundred seven hundred seven. Hundred. Some of your movies, uh, because they are coming in. 50 years ago, this week, Willy Wonka first hit the screens. It's not a Christmas movie. Sorry to burst your bubble. But we've loads of them. I asked you, what is the movie that you keep going back to? I love Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 from Kean. Yeah, I love that one. I love the one, New York. That's a great one. Go back to Moonstruck says this message. It's funny and I love the music. Moonstruck. Gone with the wind. I loved it, says Margaret and Grena. Top Gun, says Neil. Falling for a dancer. I watch it every summer when I go to Glengariff on holidays. It's filmed in Iris. Great film. That's from Mary. Steel Magnolias. It makes me cry, but has some fantastic performances. Olivia Dukakis and Shirley MacLaine. Thank you. From Valerie. Uh, John Ryan says, I love Home Home Alone. <laughs> I'm in my 60s. The Man with the Golden Gun from Michael and McCroom. Great film. The Polar Express. I'd go back to it a hundred times, says Ben. Beaches, says Lisa. Mamma Mia, says Jean. I love Mamma Mia. Although I much preferred the show. Much preferred the show rather than the movie. What about The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, says Veronica. We were all mad for the cowboys. The Sound of Music. The Man with the Golden Gun, another one. Uh, my film would be Lucky Number. Don't, oh, I don't know that one. Uh, two movies I've watched a hundred times over and over again. Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yes! Crocodile Dundee. Call that a knife? That's a knife. Yeah, brilliant. And Catch Me If You Can. From Here to Eternity. Dumb and Dumber. Remains of the Day. Good movie. Thanks, Declan, from East Cork. What is the film that you go back to a hundred times. The one that your partner or your son or your daughter or your father or your mother walk into the room and go, are you watching that again? I think when my young fellow was growing up, the one in our house was Cars. The first Cars. Not the second one, the first Cars. He actually managed to wear out a DVD. Now, you didn't think it was possible. Trust me, it is. Cars was another big one. What's your one? All right. What is your one? 083 396 96 96. Yeah, this is still happening too. A friend of mine got the first AstraZeneca in Killarney in March. Now they want her to go to Cork for her second one. She doesn't drive and was hoping to be called back to Killarney for her second. I think in order to keep records straight, it should be Killarney. They say she can't go to her local pharmacy or her doctor because she'd gone to the centre the first time. But yet they want to send her to a different centre now for the second. What's right about this? Seems a bit off. I'd say ring the number, 1-800-700-700. But they are changing things around to get things out faster. 
my young fella, uh, now he's 23 and because of certain things, he got called um, through his day centre. He got called for his first vaccine a couple of weeks ago and he got it. We got his text yesterday. He got his text. He's going to City Hall for his second dose. So they are doing that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Well, a bit of entertainment stuff coming up between now and the end of the programme. We're going to be looking at that wonderful idea by the everyman to bring live events to an outdoor space. We're told, keep it outdoors. And they told us a couple of weeks ago they had an idea in mind and they couldn't tell us anymore. Well, that idea has come to pass and it's very, very exciting. That and more to come before the end of the programme. But speaking of entertainment, I I, I read this this morning and I kind of knew this was going to happen. And I'm going to say it straight out now and give out to me if you want to. And I don't care. You can Love Island should be scrapped. Scrapped and done away with. It's dangerous. Uh, Look, I know people are watching it. I know people like it. I run screaming from the room if I so much as hear the theme music, but that's me. That's me. Some people love it. I understand that. But, see where one of the contestants, uh, Chloe, Chloe Burrows, has got a barrage of death threats at this stage. They're only three nights into it or something, or four nights into it, or how many? I don't care. But apparently she picked Aaron to couple up with her, causing his partner Shannon to be dumped from the villa. Again, I might as well be reading the recipe for, I don't know, cake. (laughs) But... In a statement shared on Instagram, the family of Chloe Burrows said they'd not only received death threats aimed at Zoe, but disturbing messages from viewers saying they wanted to kill themselves. In an emotional statement, the family shared, Morning everyone, Chloe's family and friends here. We hate to introduce ourselves under such vile circumstances, but we've had enough after three episodes. We all have thick skin but the amount of trolling Chloe has been receiving is absolutely disgusting. This morning we woke up to yet another message encouraging Chloe to kill herself. And there have been hundreds. It's a bloody television show. That is absolutely sickening. Not so much... It's the behaviour of people to do that to the girl's parents for pity's sake. To even think that way and then do it to her parents. But if that's been caused by the show, then you need to scrap the show. Argue with me if you want to. I don't care. Wuthering Heights is a movie I go back to. It says a text. Uh, Wuthering Heights, uh, Blazing Saddles. So, oh yeah, oh blazing say. Isn't it wonderful how so many of these movies that we would go back to time and time and time again would be cut to bits now by the modern way of thinking. Well, screw that. Blazing saddles. So would Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka would never get out of the editor's suite now. 
because of those who are more enlightened. Screw that. Blazing Saddles, Wuthering Heights, Remains of the Day. I also texted back with my favourite TV series is All Creatures Great and Small, the older one. Oh, brilliant. The James Herriot stuff. I read all of the books. Uh, all of them. Many times. But yeah. Anthony, Anthony, with Anthony Hopkins in it is what uh, you go back to. Best film ever, Shawshank Redemption. Fabulous film. The Green Mile. I could watch it on repeat. Elaine, It's a Wonderful Life. Legend of the Falls. Mrs. Doubtfire. Fabulous movie. There's another one now. There's another one that they'd, they'd have a field day with. Mrs. Doubtfire. If, if there was let loose on the enlightened crowd. Screw them. Uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, Uncle Buck is brilliant. Uncle Buck is a fabulous film. Deirdre says, Homeward Bound. I always cry when chance comes over the hill. Another one for the Green Mile from Michelle. Love Mamma Mia, says Diane. I dance around every time I put it on. My dad rings me to let me know it's on uh, so that I can watch it. Much to my husband's despair. <laughs> have a lovely weekend. And you too, Diane. And if you have a favourite movie that you keep going back to, I'm just shaking up with you today. All right. Lots of performance-related stuff to finish out the week, to brighten it up, because we had a dark enough old first hour. Even though, it, we'll look, we need to hold on, we'll be grand. Just be careful and get people vaccinated. and We'll, we'll, we'll come back to all that in the fullness. But just we'll lighten it up a small bit to finish out for the Friday. It's 20 to 12 now at this stage. One of the more unusual events of the Midsummer Festival was a break dancing, or as they call it now, breaking event. We have spoken to break dancing and breakers uh, more than once on the program now. In fact, didn't we speak to a guy who's off to the Olympics? Because break dancing is an Olympic sport, or will be at least in Paris next time out. And we have Cork Dad, uh, based in Canada, who will be going uh, to that event and going to the Worlds at the moment. But we had a midsummer festival event based around break dancing featuring Toby. Omotezzo, I hope I have the name right. Toby, good morning to you. Is he there? Is he there? Good morning. Good hey, Toby, morning. how are good you, mate? How are... I'm good, I'm good. Your video is still available, I think, is it? I think so. I think I think you can still watch that on the uh, Midcock Summer Festival uh, page. So, page. okay. Uh, yeah, on their website as well. So, yeah, yeah. It's, Brilliant. It's still, it's still out there. Breaking is... Fabulous. Tell me how you got into it. So for me, it started because I watched a, a movie called um, You Got Served. And I saw Breaking there for the first time. Well, what was the name uh, of the movie, Toby? Um, you Got Served. Oh, you got, you oh got, yeah, I yeah. saw it, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, cool. It was so cool. And at, at that time, I was around like um, 15, 16. Yeah. And, and I saw it and, and it, it literally blew me away. And um, and I was living in Cor- I mean, sorry, in um, in, in Carlo at the mo- at, at, at that time. So that was that that was the first time I've kind of seen stuff like that and that I could relate to because I was I was into uh, parkour, you know, those um, that you jump from building to building yeah. and things like yeah. So you were a bit was, mad anyway. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I I had that energy to go around for for days. So. I took to that naturally. It was Brilliant. just, it was, it was a no-brainer. Fantastic. And then you ended up, how did you end up being involved in, in the summer festival? So, so, so basically, um, doing, doing that now for years and, and creating events. And I have a, 
uh, a company that um, specializes in street dance and street dance battles and actually um, hip hop as well. And, 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 and we do this, um, um, our event every year. So with Mid Summer Cock Festival, um, uh, made a call out for a commission award. So they want to commission uh, uh, an artist or, or, or a group of artists to come together to um, um, to make a performance for the festival. Sure. And I just I just literally put and I I, I applied and and to my surprise um, um, I got that and and yeah and we programmed such vibrant energy filled um live event yeah. you know cuz that's the thing about breaking it it you get you get tired just looking at it it's brilliant <laughs> it's it's like it's 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 it, you 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 took the water out of my mouth literally once you are there like like it, you have to like experience it to really feel the the uh, um the intensity in each movement yeah. you know so yeah yeah it's, it's absolutely fantastic yeah, and we hope I must check the video out on the website. I think it is still up there. But congratulations! What plans do you have for the future? So, so basically, uh, we are in the process of creating our our festival now. Um, um, so the uh, street dance battle festival. So that's going to be in um, Limerick City, and it's going to be in Dublin, um, um, uh, later this year. So, and because restrictions keep changing around COVID and things like that. So it's it's really making it difficult for us because we yeah. we really you cannot you cannot contain that energy on um, it, it, it cannot come true video wise you know you have to experience it live and yeah. so we're hoping by the end of this year we will ha- we're able to get indoors and gather together and 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 make something happen. Okay, I can't wait to see it when you do. That's Toby. Uh, congratulations on the Midsummer Commission, Toby Omotezo. Uh, breaker, break dancer is this breaker and uh, an exciting, fun young la- young young man as well. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM with Dairy Made Premium Spread, one hundred percent natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. More of your movies coming in. I love planes, trains and automobiles with John Candy. Anything with John Candy. So good. I love Oliver in our house. Oh, the lad. Wonderful, wonderful musical. Oliver, the Lionel Bart musical. Brilliant. It's for young and old. Agnes Brown. The one with Angelica Houston. Keep up the good work. Thank you for that. I yeah, I must say I love the movie though. Mrs. Brown, the movie. I love that. I love Mrs. Brown, but then again, I make no apology for that either. I uh, love Mamma Mia. Lots of stuff coming in for Mamma Mia. Couple more minutes to get those in. The movie you always go back to. Hundred times is not enough to see it. 083 396 96 96. I mentioned that list of events that the Everymen are putting on at Elizabeth Fort. Uh, Sophie Motley is the new artistic director at the Everyman and has been working on this and it's ready to go when? End of July, Sophie. Good morning. That's it, PJ. Yeah, our first performance is on the 22nd of July. Up in Elizabeth Fort. How will it be set up? Well, we're going to have a stage uh, set up in the corner of the fort. Um, so, we're, so we're sort of moving as much from, of the Everyman building as we can up there. Um, everybody will be sat in very ordered pods. 
so that hopefully we'll all feel safe um, at two meter distances. Uh, so make sure to book with your pals so that you can sit with them, uh, so that you can sit in, in groups of six. Mm. Uh, and um, we'll be able to seat uh, hopefully 100 people. I was just going to ask you that. That's a decent handful. It's not bad, considering considering uh, we've had none for the last 18 months. I think it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. You start off with the, the legend that is Karen Underwood. We certainly do. Um, we're delighted to have Karen uh, and John O'Brien. Um, so we're, we're beginning with legends, and we've got a load of Cork legends all the way through the programme. Linda Kenny's in there, and that, that little is. rapscallion Tyg Hickey. He is. He's 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 bringing it in in one eye out the other to us. Uh, we've got the the two Naris. We've uh, brilliant musician Karen Casey. Mm. Um, uh, we've a little bit of theatre with Noni Stapleton Charolais, which is a fantastic story uh, about a woman and and her fight with her boyfriend Limousine Cow. <laughs> yeah, fun to say the least. So tickets are they on sale now? Tickets are on sale now. Yep, they're limited, so get in there um, because we've only 100 seats, mm. obviously. Um, but tickets are on sale on our website, everymancork.com. And, uh, and we're hoping to give people a lovely evening out because so many of us haven't seen live performance for such a long time. Yeah, so it's a real... Come, come to the garden, come to the fort before you come into our house and we're allowed to open the doors later in the year, hopefully. And when do you think that might... I know with Delta Wave now and all this, it's, it's, everything is, is very much on pause again, but all going well, when will we be able to go into the Everyman and watch a show inside in the theatre? We are hoping... Uh, if Delta doesn't scupper us, that that we'll be able to be back in the building in September. Fabulous. So we're we're planning lots of test events um, and new queuing systems, and we've had the inside of the building renovated, so the toilets are in different places, which is uh, exciting if you if you if you're a regular to the Everyman. So we're we're busy planning how to open the building, and the and the aim and the hope is September. But until then, we've got these. Uh, Outdoor events. Everything, the Everyman's going outdoors for the very first time in our history, I think. It's fantastic. So, and good luck with it. And the Everyman website uh, is where all the details are and where you can buy tickets right now. Good luck with it. And I can't wait to see uh, the theatre when it reopens. And hopefully I find my way to Elizabeth Fort some evening between uh, during that season. I would so love to, to make it. Thanks, Sophie. Sophie Motley, new artistic director of the Everyman. I would so love to make it to my friend Karen, Karen Underwood's show. But unfortunately, I'll be away that weekend, but I will make it to something. Let us go from there to Kinsale. And they have, is it this weekend, Animal Cahy, that you have your arts weekend? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, yes, it's the next Thursday. It opens on the 8th of July, oh, 8th of July. and runs till Sunday the 11th. Okay, tell um, me about it. Well, we're delighted to have put together in very, very challenging circumstances over the last couple of months what I think is a really good programme and it is a obviously COVID-compliant programme. So what we're doing is um, we're doing what's called Live at the Drive-In. So what happens is you can book tickets on Eventbrite and then you drive in your car into the car park at our community centre and then on stage we'll have live music performances and theatre performances. So it ensures that it's COVID-compliant and it's also weather, whatever, um, risk mm. reduced. So it, it works really, really well. 
Um, and um, the music events that we have, we have John Spillane, we have Jack O'Rourke, we have Lorraine Nash, Paddy Dennehy. So there's a great lineup there. And it's just 30 euro per car. So you can have, you know, three, four people in the car and um, you can sit in your car and you can either tune in on the radio or you can open the windows and listen to the amplified music from the stage. That's fantastic. So, that, that's mm-hmm. just a wonderful idea. It is, it is. I mean, we did it last year because, again, of for COVID reasons and thinking that this year we wouldn't be so restricted, but um, we've decided to run it again this year just to be, you know, safe. But we okay. will have up to 20 tickets that are walk-ins so that people can sit socially distanced in front of the stage. But we're being very conservative and cautious, so we could probably, we'll probably have like 20 to 25 cars okay. at each event. So people will be able to, while they're sitting in their cars, they'll still be close to the stage. Okay. We could probably take more cars, take more people, but we just want to be, as I say, cautious and okay. um, on the COVID front. Tickets available from where, Anna? Eventbrite. So okay. if you go on Eventbrite, you'll see the tickets there um, and they're selling very fast. So I know for John Spillane, I think 60% of them are sold already. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's on the music front. And then on the theatre side... We also have some great events there, again, at this live at the drive-in. So Snatch Comedy Improv, they're doing an event on Thursday the 8th and Friday the 9th at 9pm. Again, €30 Euro per car and €10 Euro per walk-in. Again, tickets on sale on Eventbrite. So that's going to be a great event. Um, then we also have children's events. Um, so we have uh, Making a Storybook in the Park, which will be up on the Bowling Green and that's just five euro per child for suitable four to eight year olds. And okay. um, um, that's on the Thursday, the eighth, between three thirty and five thirty. Okay. Uh, so th- there is th- there's something for everybody between theatre and then there's the walking gallery, which is around the shops and the different business premises around Kinsale. There's art um, being ex- exhibited by various artists. Fabulous. And here's hoping that the weather will have restored itself to something like summer before before you begin at Animal Cahi from Kinsale Arts Festival, which is on next weekend. Good luck with that. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.